is destroyed nonchalance. Taking culture apart one episode at a time. A social commentary podcast on pop culture, fashion, film, and music. Hello. Welcome back to Destroyed Nonchalance. This week we're talking about fashion and fashion branding. But first, let's catch up on what our weeks have been like, because um, it's been a while since we've recorded. It's been really busy, so there have been some deadlines. I'm sure you'll talk about yours. Oh but my god, yeah. It's, it's been really busy and time has just, you know, slipped quite a bit. And just, it's understandable. It happens. I mean, it's the holiday season, too. Everybody's busy with something this time of year. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about some movies and some shows that we watched. Just some basics on that. And, and we have to talk about Jamie. Are we going to talk about it now, or should no, we... No, I think that we want to do just a, a short... I'm sure. Yeah, because we went to go see. Yeah, we went to go see. Everybody's talking about Jamie, and which of course we loved in Bianca Del Rio and and, um, Vinegar Strokes were on stage that night. Um, I think they were returning to the show, and that was exciting. But we'll go into that more in another episode. So let's talk about the TV and movies that we've been watching. Well, we watched this really weird movie on Netflix that I didn't know what to think about. It's called I Lost My Body, and it's a French movie by Jeremy Clapin. And it's it was just an animated movie, I think. Oh my god, we, it was yeah. so long ago. It seems like so long ago. <laughs> no, it does, but essentially, you start with the main character's hand's been cut off, and, and through the movie you see the hand trying to make its way back to its body. And now see, like, right away, this might sound like a horror movie, because I remember when I was a little kid, I saw a movie about, a, and it was on TV, about a hand that was crawling around. I think it was yeah, killing people. Wasn't it Evil Dead? Or that's the one I remember. I don't know. Yeah, so... I don't know, it's, but this is not like that at all. This is one of those movies when you just put something on Netflix, and it was quite by chance, and it had us, like, within the first five minutes. It's animated, so, I mean, I like animation a lot, so that had it going for it. It was French, and... I just really like the concept, because I you don't think about... It's having a different look on something you've never thought about. And of course, if you think about it, it, whether you're left-handed or right-handed, you do so much with your hand, with your right hand for my case. And whether it's opening doors, eating chips, writing, um, expressing... I'm moving my hand right now, but I'm like... As you're talking, you express emotions. So, and you what's move. the general uh, what's the general plot? Let's go over that, and then we can go into. So, what's the movie? What's it about? I I don't know how deep we want to go into the movie, but it's it's this orphan, and he as you see him as a child, and he records all sounds, and he grows up in a very sad situation, basically because his parents died in a car crash that maybe he caused or he thinks he did and so you see this all of these flashbacks through the the as the hand is making its way back to his body so you get to see the hand remembering oh this is that scene or this you see the memories through the hands view i guess yeah um 
And it's really interesting because it's like a little kid. I mean, it's, so much of his early life is framed from a childish type perspective. And yeah. then the hand is um, it's almost, I mean, of course, it has accompanied him throughout these experiences that he's retelling and is reliving that we get to see. But seeing it like specifically from the hand's point of view, that I don't, do we know why it's been severed, why it's detached? Early we, on? No. Okay. You just see the blood. Yeah, and it sounds gory, and it's really not. I mean, it has its moments, but um, that framing of the story, the narrative from the point of view of the hand, it was really... I mean, it's just interesting. Like, just that that connection that parts of your body have gone through with you. It's um, It's the memory... And and you think about phantom limbs and how people feel them yeah. when they're gone still and it's really unusual. It was, it's a really unusual film, but um, we're fans of that. Yeah, big big fan, and it was so, so glad that we gave it a chance. And what was the director's name? Uh, Jeremy Clappin. Okay, I, I don't know. I think we just chose it because it it, it had um, a felt a festival. It had been chosen for... Yeah, it was an official selection for something. Yeah, so that was... Okay, we don't know what this is. Let's just watch it. We're, like, sick of trying to think what, you know, what are we going to watch. So we gave it a shot, and it was really good, and I liked it, so I wanted to mention it. Uh, We've also been watching Dolly Parton's Heartstrings (laughs) on Netflix, and essentially, what is it like? Um, it's stories built out of some of her most well-known songs. Or, I mean, they're, they're stories from her songs. I don't know if they're always yeah, her most well-known. Yeah, that was the surprising thing to me, is that I, the only one I know is Jolene. I don't know any of the other songs. And they're pretty dark. Some of them are really dark. <laughs> oh and some of the stories are really complicated. I mean, like, complex. Emotionally complex. Um, and it's a whole cast of characters. It's a big mix of characters. Um... Yeah, I was very surprised because I, just upon seeing it, I thought, oh, it's going to be one of those Hallmark kind of cheesy... It does come the, across like that the early stories, on. Yeah, the stories don't really amount to anything, but let's just give it a shot. It's Dolly. We like Dolly. And it just, it was surprising how they go there every time. They go to some dark places and some real human stuff. Uh, the only ones we've watched... It is kind of dramatic, too. It does have, it does have like, a, well, yeah, a Hallmark kind of feel to it. A little it. soap opera. But, I mean, but, so but. does Dolly. But everybody loves Dolly for a reason. And that's because she mixes that um, sentimentality and just, like, the genuine sweetness that, you know, it's part of her personality. Com- combining that part of Dolly with the darkness of death or... <laughs> The coming out, or just the way some people are treated by society. Like, think twice before you treat somebody this way, or think twice before you think somebody's not going through something kind of dark, or, you know, whatever it is. It's combining some dark topics. And a lot of her songs are a lot darker than I realized. I mean, some of her, like her back catalog, I don't really know that well, but um, this. Yeah, I mean, because she, she's performing in a lot of these episodes, but her song plays through it, um, mm-hmm. little snippets of the song. It's not exactly, it's not a music video or anything like that by any means, but you do, like, hear a part of the song and the, the lyrics and how it 
corresponds to the plot and the characters and the general flow of the story. And some of it's really dark, and I had no idea that Dolly could be like that. But yeah, so that's good. We recommend it. We haven't finished it. It's going well, but we also did watch Charlie's Angels. <laughs> I don't know if you want to say anything about that movie. You didn't like it. No, I liked it, but you know, to me, it smelled. It felt pretty small time compared to the hyperblown visuals of the Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, uh, Charlie's Angels, and it. The fresh faces didn't so much bother me. That's what I heard. That it wasn't just there wasn't enough star power to get audiences interested. To me, it felt like it was harking back to the the television series, the original one. And I thought this could have made a great like Netflix series, like a limited run Netflix series. And that way you got a chance to know these characters a little bit more and you had more of a reason to get invested in them. Yeah, I think I I liked it for the most part, but the Ability for me to get invested in some of the characters they were touting to, you know, have all this experience behind them. I just didn't see the experience. I didn't really believe it in some of the characters that, you know, they'd been to the MI6 and had had a career there and had it crashed down and are now recruited to this. They seemed a little too fresh. Yeah, they didn't seem like they lived experience. And I'm not saying you have to, like, have hard lines in your face or anything. Like, you have uh, somebody like um, Sidney Bristow in Alias... Right. And see, that's, it was thinking along the lines of Alias or a show like that that made me think, well, this, this Charlie's Angels could have been a Netflix series and all of the weaknesses that it had going against it would have actually been a strength over the long run. Yeah. I mean, I liked a lot of it. A lot of the, I mean, the action it delivered, I liked. I liked some of the storylines. I liked the fashion and some of the places that they went and had access to. I just wasn't impressed with any of the cinematography. And I felt like they were throwing a lot at Kristen Stewart to to juggle. Like, she had to be the comedy. She had to be, like, the big star. Uh She had to be the... Does that mean? I mean, yeah. And she's talented. She's a lot more talented than I thought, you know, coming out of those vampire movies. But she had to carry a lot for these film, for this film. So, yeah. So I, yeah, we're we're halfway on it. I wanted to see it because I like Charlie's Angels. I like the old ones. I've never seen the TV show, and it it was kind of half and half. Some of it, I just, I wanted to like it. I liked a lot of the messages that it was talking about. And, you know, it, 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 it's that. <laughs> then Thanksgiving happened. And that was interesting because we got food poisoning. So not happy, actually. <laughs> it was, a re- you know, it was, I call, it was food poisoning. It was deadlines for academic stuff and getting ready for one of my well for my last supervision meeting of the year and how we're going to wrap it up and what i'm going to do over this christmas break that lasts several weeks and so so it was a lot of build up to that and to now like what what have you been up to what have i been up to um it's been a lot of sitting and a lot of reading, not nearly enough writing. Getting that together in terms of something that I could present to Jane, my supervisor. And I mean, it went well, and it's always it always does pretty good. 
it always does go pretty well. Um, and I felt a big sense of pressure going into the meeting and always this worry that I haven't done enough and I haven't read enough. And in the end, it's like just to have a conversation with her. And then we, she helps focus me on what goals I should be pursuing next. So that, that's been that. And it's just yeah, been, and it's all been really heavy. It's been all consuming, including for me, because, you know, I mean, anybody who's been in a, re- I get, in a marriage that has a lot of dependency on each other, I have to just be there and find what I'm going to do. And, and I have my projects that I'm also working on. We should talk about that. these projects. Well, because... no, I mean, one of the projects is the relevant queer yeah, research. We and we that. want to, we wanted to introduce it or talk about it. Yeah, we do. Um, and so we can talk about it a bit here, like right now. Um, so the relevant queer and we, I was coming across articles and mentions of people from the past or even from watching, um, Tales of the City, and hearing the story about the cafe that predated, um, you know, the the riot there that ha- that predated Stonewall the Stonewall riot. stories, and not know- realizing we didn't know anything about that. And there are lots of, um, there's just so many there's innumerable so stories there. and people and places that we just don't know about that have led to um, where we are in, now in queer history. In queer history, <laughs> or you know, like hidden hidden connections between mainstream culture and queer culture, you know, contributions yeah. made by people who were um, unseen or parts of their lives were forced into hiding, and I mean, there's no separating you from you know the, the kind of life that you live and the, the contributions that you make to your wider culture, but that kind of severing that happens when something is you know historically unacceptable as like queerness and being gay and so that's we've been juggling how we've been considering how to bring these stories to the to yeah because awareness they're, they're important to know but also in today's culture the way that today people consume things how how do you make it be as rich as it is, but as consumable as it needs to be for somebody who's just scrolling past or... It's that soundbite challenge, except it's the Instagram challenge where you have a picture and a caption. You have, like, five seconds. Yeah, and just, I mean, it's, it's a little bit more visibility. Just, I think everybody that can shine a light into their culture's background or people that are important to their culture, they should do it. And I don't know a lot about these stories. I don't know a lot about these people. And it's, it's so interesting to do what it is we're doing. And we've seen it done with, I mean, you have Hillary Clinton going about and releasing the Gutsy Women book where they literally, they do what we're doing except in a book. They're doing essays. Well, they're doing a lot more, more than we're doing, but essays on these historical figures that are kind of getting forgotten and 
maybe were never really known to begin with. It's just the importance of their lives. There's so much competition for media, and there's so much noise, and just so much around that these vulnerable stories about gutsy women or, you know, queers who have made contributions to culture can easily get drowned out by just such stupid crap that just echoes back and forth because it takes a bit of work to go through and find these people. It goes, it takes a bit of work to dig up their stories and then make it a story that's relevant to today's audience who isn't necessarily even looking for it. They don't even, may not even understand why they should even be paying attention to it. But that's the challenge, like digging it up and then putting it back out there so it at least has a presence and all the competition for attention that there is in the media world right now. Yeah, and I, I'm i finding that I really... I mean, I, I've been researching for, it seems like, for years for school and, you know, you research papers and everything that you need to do. Right. And I really like... I get lost in researching these people and suddenly I'm reading private letters, private correspondence, because the amount of stuff that is out there, if you look, it's crazy. And I mean, that's just, I'm not looking as deep as I could if I had, you know, budget to travel and to like pay for some documents. Someday, you never know. Like, I mean, that's the goal. It, One it, of it the is goals really anyway. surface. So it, all of this could be, books it could be just the the visibility alone there are people that have done things that are similar to this and yeah to be sure there culture. are books about the things that we're talking about but yeah if you don't know it's there you don't know to look for it and and you don't know not even that but you don't you're not gonna go consume a whole book on one person maybe be seeing a quote that this person has might pique your interest into finding out a little bit more on who they are. And then you, you have two or three paragraphs on, you know, a summary on who they are and what they did and why you should be more interested in going to look into these people and to seeing their art or their plays or their music, any of that. So we recently did one on Aaron Copeland and just learning about him, learning and I had studied him in high school. He was in you know, he came up for a project. And so I knew what his music was, but I didn't understand it from this frame of reference. So when we were both reading about Aaron Copeland, it, that's what we were listening to, at least for like a while, while we were like just going about our lives. Like Aaron Copeland's music came back into our daily existence because of this. Yeah, and it is, we're really working with each other to get the final thing. So I'm digging up a lot of information and raw information, and Troy's writing it up. And you know, and then I like to research finer points. Yeah, about, add, add to it if it seems like it's missing something. I'm or, kind of envious that I don't get to go as in depth. No, you shouldn't be because it's so crazy. Aaron Copeland alone, I didn't know who he was, and four people and a, a bunch more could have come out of you know looking at him because he's so interrelated with so many artists and so many queer artists at the time that on their own have a full right to have their stories told and 
it can it can get so deep and oh who is this person that Aaron Copeland was you know talking about or or hanging out with or having relationships with and you find out that they're so important in, in this other side of art and well today like Leonard Bernstein was one of those people and today is the day that the West Side Story premiered in the West End, the West End here in London and um Leonard Bernstein composed the music for it. And, you know, that's like a network right there. There's a cultural connection. And I didn't know about these people. I maybe, you know, more, more cultured, the, the more cultured that I should be or I should know more about these people. You knew about both of these guys. Yeah. And I mean, but I didn't know about that kind of connection between them, though. No. And, I know about the West Side Story, but I didn't know he composed it. And Well, just looking into it today, though, I didn't realize that the West Side Story bridged the gap between musical theater and opera. That opera people like West Side Story and musical theater people like West Side Story. And, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm not huge into either one of those. But, and I mean, I know what the West Side Story sounds like. I've, I like the story, more, you know, just more than the music, but... And I don't know the music that much, but I did read about how there's a lot of sensibilities that... Like, fem- feminine sensibilities that were given to the male characters in it. Oh, just see, I didn't... to kind of open things that hadn't been explored before. I didn't know that. And, I mean, it's... It's so deep and it's so interesting. And the, the day where I was looking at Aaron Copeland for, I don't even know why, it just, I came across the name and I said, oh, who's Aaron Copeland? And Troy knew who it was, so I went in and spent the whole day looking at all these people. And then we decided each of these people has to have their own day or, you know, down, down the road. Yeah, connecting it to a specific day really made sense. Making your way through, like, a type of calendar. Because um, how else are you going to do it? I mean, when you have Instagram posts uh, to work with. And there's endless days and endless things that have happened every day. And it, it, I think the more time you... Once you have more time... Because I love the chase. I love finding the credit for the picture. <laughs> yeah. I have to have a good quality picture. So I just, you know dig and dig and dig until I find and then who who shot this picture and what are some of these quotes that these people had and what are certain basic summary things that need to be taken out of this giant book so that you know we can have four paragraphs to say about them and so just it can take it can be really time consuming but it's so if I could just do that all day I would, and that's weird to me because I do not think that. <laughs> oh, that's new for you're surprised. You've yeah, surprised I mean, yourself. I've, I've been researching, like I said, for years and building more on that and continuing to, I guess, just researching something that you're really you might be interested in or opening yourself know, up to pl- the possibility. I mean, just allowing yourself to have a curiosity. Uh, right? I mean... Yeah, and you can, like I said, you can find so much. And on some of them, you can't. So you have to really dig. And I'm just like a dog with a bone. I have to find something on these people. I have to find a good version of this image. All of it. So... Right. It's It's been really time-consuming, and that's, that's what I'm doing when Troy's, you know, there forever. 
And it, it gets really tiring because we don't get a chance to go and do something fun. And it's been really hard to get the, the Christmas spirit kicked in. And it started feeling like, crap, we need a tree. It's already December. It's going to get too late. And all of this. It has we, really creeped up on us. Our tree didn't have a base and it was like falling over. But that just, it's been interesting. But I've just kind of, you have to, you have to dig out of that a little bit and say, okay, no, we're not going to do a sad Christmas thing. And we're just going to make, we're going to make it happen. And we're going to make, make it work. So that's basically what we're doing. And that's what we're doing. And I knew after my meeting with Jane that the, the Christmas time would start kicking in. And I mean, hello, we live on Oxford street, so it's really hard. You're not going to escape this feeling of being surrounded by Christmas shopping. And like, you have to get the feeling inside though. (laughs) Because otherwise it's just, Oh, there are so many people around you that you're not getting cell phone service. Oh, there's so many people using water that your water pressure is going to drop there. And, I mean, it's just congestion, and you if you have to stay removed from that, you only get the downsides of it. Yeah. And we'll run an errand at night, and it'll be dark at, like, 4.30, and it's like, oh, there are Christmas lights up. That's kind of nice. So we're shifting more into that mood. We're shifting, and we made some time to travel a little bit. He's not telling me anything about it. It's a surprise, and it should be fun and interesting, and we'll let you guys know about that later, too. Um, speaking of later, we're seeing Ian McKellen tonight yeah. in the West End. We want um, tickets for... Three, it was a, it's a three-hour, one-man show. <laughs> I know. And... Um, we're kind of on the it's fence. For, it's a contribution to charity. And I've heard that he even stands outside in the foyer yeah, and collects, collects extra money for charity, as you so, know. I mean, he's a legend. He's been on so many things that we've seen. And it's... Uh, we didn't specifically go and say, oh, we're going to spend, you know, a ton of money to see him. I just submitted for the lottery today and and we got it. And so I know it's going to be good and he's going to be good and we like him. So And that's in a couple of hours. Yeah. So. (laughs) Okay. So there's that. We've touched a bit on the Christmas. Are there any more um, shows or movies that you wanted to bring up? Because I tell you, my head has been so much in the research that I forget that we've even watched these things. Yeah, I think there there will be, and there are some of the things that I may have forgotten, and I'll just make sure, because there are some shows that we want to talk about on their own, as their own podcast, like Forever. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we liked Forever a lot. With uh, Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen, and you should go watch it, and yeah. And it's easy to digest, it's easy to consume, because it's little 30-minute chunks, and it's been cancelled, it's not been renewed for a second season. But I don't think it ends in a bad place. I think they did a pretty good job of wrapping up this one season they had the chance to do. So, we recommend it, but we can talk about it more later. Should we get into fashion branding then? Yes, we can do that. 